Thank you very much. Uh, we have to educate our children, our sons and our daughters um, in the way Rabbi Yudin explained. And when they're young, we have to explain to them that if they're girls and a man starts up with them, or if they're boys and a man starts up with them, that they have to tell us about this, because this can have uh, terrible repercussions, psychological scars on the children for years to come. Um, many think that this is a prohibition of Lashon Hara, if you encourage a child to tell you over what uh, someone did in an improper fashion. It is a prohibition of Lashon Hara. But uh, the Gemara quotes a Pasuk, um, and the Gemara, if a person is concerned about something, aggravated about something, so the way to solve a problem is Yisichena. So the Gemara has two interpretations on the word Yisichena. But Yisichena means Yisichena miliba, he should just dismiss it from his mind. Or Yisichena lacher, he should tell it over to someone else, and by talking to someone else, to get it out of the system. The Chavetz Chaim writes in his Sefer on Loshon Hara, in the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, that there's no contradiction, that both interpretations are true. Sometimes if it's a slight Zohoga, uh, so you just uh, dismiss it from your mind, you forget about it. There's no need to talk it up with other people. If it's a major Zohoga, and it's just simply impossible to the Misichen and Beliba just to ignore it, so then you have no choice, and you have to go see your local psychiatrist, or your local psychologist, or your local uh, wife, spouse, whatever. If you're aggravated about your boss, you're aggravated about someone who insulted you in shul. So uh, usually it's a, it's a slight uh, aggravation. So a person should uh, dismiss it from his mind. But if it's a major aggravation, then you have to talk it over with someone else in order to get it out of one system. So the Chavetz Chaim develops the concept that we all know in his Sefer about Toelus Lahapo. That whenever uh, one stands to gain uh, Toelus from telling over Lashon Har, see if permitted. You're permitted to tell over the Lashon Har. person's going to tell someone else the way his, uh, his parents uh, abuse him, or the way the Rebbe in Yeshiva abuses him, or something. So he has to tell over the story, in order that the, other, in order that the psychologist should know how to, how to treat him, how to, how to deal with the situation. So the prohibition of Lashon Har usually does not apply, and we shouldn't uh, tell the children that there's an Isk Lashon Hara. Most of the time there is going to be to El uh, the question is regarding the Sira. Now, the Zman HaGemorah, the Sira meant that the secular government was interested in enriching themselves. And they can't tell which, which are the wealthy Jews and which are the poor Jews. On Shabbos, everybody dresses up nicely. On the weekdays, everybody dresses up with working clothes. And you can't tell who is the wealthy Jew and who is the poor Jew. Who has millions of dollars stuffed in his mattress and who does not have so I'm going to master to the Goyeshi government, I'll tell him that Pliny is a very wealthy man, he has millions of dollars stuffed in his mattress, and this will lead the government to go, raid his home and take all of his riches, take all of his wealth. So this is a prohibition of Nasir. Or if I'll, uh, if I'll master to the government, that you should put someone in prison for no good reason. So for no good reason, that's a prohibition of Nasir. Uh, in more recent uh, times, we're talking about a different kind of Nasir. We're talking about a situation where... Uh, a uh, person is a criminal and the government knows that I worked in his company and I know to testify about him what his shtick what his shtick lachar or the government or the government knows let's say that I know that this person uh, is a pervert and he's been starting up with children 
and uh, file Masa to the government, they'll put him in prison or they'll uh, fire him, which he deserves to be. He deserves either to be put in prison or to be fired in order that he shouldn't serve as a menace uh, to the public. So in such a situation, the Shulchan Aruch says, as Rabbi uh, Talbis mentioned, the Shulchan Aruch says that there is no prohibition of Masiva in such a situation. I remember many years ago when they had the big, uh, over 40 years ago, when they had the big nursing home scandals. So unfortunately, many Jews were involved in these uh, cases. And uh, I remember, I don't know why they sent it to Yeshiva, there was a psak written in Hebrew handwriting. I think it was written on stationery from a Satmar Abbez in, in Williamsburg, where they, where they wrote, it was signed by three rabbis, and I never heard of any of them, uh, from Williamsburg. And the psak said, they quoted from the Shulchan Aruch, Simen Chavches, chapter and verse, Simen Chavches and Chayshin Mishpat Sif Dalit, but it says in the Shulchan Aruch that if I master on someone else who's a criminal and uh, the government puts him in prison, so this is a violation of Messiah. So if you look up exactly that chapter and verse that they quoted, it says just the opposite. It says that there's no provision of Messiah. Messiah is only if the fellow is innocent. If the fellow is guilty, he's a criminal, and the government wants to put him behind bars, or they want to fire him from his uh, position, or whatever, whatever it happens to be. And no anti-Semitic uh, overtones over here. If it would have been a Jew or a non-Jew, they would have fired him from his position. Uh, so then it says in Shulchan that it's not an issue of Nesira. Sometimes it's just an issue of Aveda Sakum. We have a din in the Gemara that a Yisrael is not permitted to return Aveda to a Nochri. So if, um, let's say, uh, someone is evading taxes and the government wants to put him in prison, someone is cheating from the government and they want to put him in prison, so they're looking for their uh, guilty culprit and they don't have uh, testimony. Uh, they don't have acceptable testimony to put him in prison. So this is in a certain sense, in the days of the Shulchanach, this was considered an Aved HaSakum. So you're not permitted to return the Aved HaSakum unless the Shulchanach says, unless the situation is such that you have a Chilashem, whenever that one will accomplish a Kiddush Hashem by returning back the Aved to the Nochi, then the Gemara says, you're obligated to give back the Aved or whatever there will certainly be. If there will be a Chilashem, so you're certainly obligated to give back the Aved to the Nochi. So the Shulchan says that if the judge in court knows that this fellow, he knows very well this fellow is guilty, but they don't have legal evidence, they don't have sufficient legal evidence to put him behind bars. And they know that I worked in his office and I know all the information. They know that I'm hiding the information because the Jews all cover up on each other. So the Shulchan defines that situation as one of Chil Hashem. And Ramachim Chil Hashem is certainly are obligated to give back Havet HaSakras. You're obligated to hand over the individual to the police that they're looking for. You have to give them over to the government and return the Aveda that they're looking for. The Balatanya in his Shulchan Aruch, as well as the Be'er Agoyla on the side of the big Shulchan Aruch, uh, point out that this was always the practice whenever there would be a Geneva um, and the police would think that the Geneva was probably done by some Jews. They had reason to suspect that it was done by Jews. So the suspicion would fall on the whole Jewish community. So the Rabbanim and the Gaboyim of the Jewish the Rosh HaKohol would approach the police and they would give them a list of all of our Jewish Ganafim. They would say, look in his home, look in the homes of the following ten people and you'll probably find your Ganafim. And it says this is not considered Messiah because <laughs> these people do Ganafim and uh, it's in order to remove the suspicion from the whole Jewish community. So in such a situation, that's considered removing the Hashem from the whole Jewish community. So that's not considered the... Uh, uh, an Easter, not at all considered an Easter of Aveda Sakum, and it's certainly not considered a prohibition of, 
of the Nesira. Uh, sometimes, let's say on the books, it says that if a person violates a certain uh, crime, so he deserves to sit in prison for 10 years. Okay. So if they'll put him in prison and the other inmates will harass him, and they'll abuse him, sexually abuse him, or the prison guards will abuse him, which is often the case in state prisons. So then, I'm helping the, I'm causing that this person should suffer more than he's legally required to suffer. So in such a situation, there will be an Isra of uh, Nasir. But let's say the fellow is going to be placed in a glad kosher dafyomi uh, uh, federal prison. Where everything is lamahajim and lamahajim, it's just that he'll be behind bars, he'll be suffering in prison for a couple of years. So that uh, so that says in Shulchanah, that's not considered a situation of Nasir. So Shaila has to be asked in each and every individual case, and you have to discuss it with either Rabbonim or social workers or both together to try to figure out how much will this person suffer if he gets in prison. And is he really guilty of the crime? We have to figure out, is he really guilty? Does he deserve to sit behind bars, to sit in prison and so on? And then in such a situation, uh, if the government knows that I know information and I'm hiding that information, so then uh, there's certainly no prohibition of Nasir. It's just a question of Aveda Sakum. And in such a situation, there is no problem of Aveda Sakum. As surveys have indicated, quite a few surveys have indicated, that in the Orthodox community, in the modern Orthodox community, in Hasidish, in Yeshivish, Orthodox community, it's generally assumed that this is the biggest Avera in the world. Messir is the biggest Avera in the world. Messir covers all cases. So this is a big mistake. The Rabbonim have to be consulted in each and every individual case. And they have to, the Rabbonim have to, they, they can't pontificate. They have to discuss it with social workers or with psychologists and so on and try to figure out is this person a public menace or not? If the individual is a public menace and then it says in Shulchanar that there's no Yisra of Messir he's not a public menace just a menace to one private individual so then Shulchanar says one is not permitted to, to master him to the government or if the person is a criminal in uh, some other area so then uh, then by then the government knows that I know this information so it says in Shulchanar that this does not constitute a prohibition of Messir it's a very small percentage Research has indicated that it's a very small percentage, much lower than 30% of people who were sexually um, abused, young boys or girls who were sexually abused, much less than 30% uh, will do anything about it, will even discuss it, uh, or go for therapy, which is a disaster because these uh, situations can leave scars on the, on the uh, mind of the children for years and the uh, psychologists always recommend that it's better that these things should be taken care of soon after the abuse took place rather than wait uh, 25 years and then everything's going to come back with them flash back in their minds then you're going to have to try to figure out that it really happened or not uh, I remember we had a situation in the yeshiva where one of the students said that one of the faculty members was abusing him sexually so I remember I, I spoke to the uh, school psychologist at that time. So the psychologist said I should bring the student to him and he'll speak to the student as a college student. He'll speak to the student. He'll be able to figure out whether the student is telling the truth or not. Sometimes the students don't like a certain teacher. They don't like a certain administrator. So they make up a whole bunch of mice. Young children also make up uh, stories a lot of times. 
So if you take the child, the uh, young, the young child or the uh, teenager, the college student, if you take them to a good qualified psychologist, they'll be able to figure out how much of the story is true. If you're not going to take the child soon after the act of abuse to a psychologist, you're going to wait years and years and years, then it will be more difficult to figure out uh, what is true and what is not true. So it's really a, a very unfortunate situation that in the Orthodox community, both in the modern Orthodox and the Hasidish and the Yeshivish, everything is considered prohibited. Everything is Aloshanara and everything is Mesira. And, uh, and it's just not so. These things are not Mesira and they're not Loshanara. Sometimes they are, but uh, one has to discuss each and every individual uh, situation. The Shabbos have to be presented. And when looking in the Shulchanach, we see that, uh, that it's not exactly absolutely also. Very often, other uh, Rabbah, we say that not only is it permissible, but it's rather recommended that one should master these people to the government. It's a... Um, doctors also... Sometimes doctors can see that uh, one of their patients, uh, let's say doctors have uh, women patients, they see that the woman is all bruised up. So obviously she's been beaten up by her husband. So such a situation also, the doctor should bring it to the attention of the woman. She should do something about this. She should just suffer alone. Uh, And there there are... um, It has to be dealt with. And and there's no Eastern Messiah. There's no Eastern Messiah. If, If a person is beating someone else up, so the shot writes in Choshimish, but there's no reason the serum whenever an individual is a public menace. But if someone is, uh, is beating up someone else, there's also no prohibition of the serum. In order to save uh, the one who is uh, suffering, so it says the fairish that there's no prohibition of the serum. I remember on one occasion many years ago, they asked me to speak at, uh, at a conference. Um, the Orthodox uh, scientists had their uh, annual conference about medical issues. So they asked me to discuss this topic of Messiah. So I said, there's nothing to say. It's certainly permissible. There's no prohibition. So they said, I should just get up and say for five minutes and sit down. So that's what I did. I got up. I said, there's no reason to see him. And I sat down. And that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. I thank you very much. There's an opportunity for a few moments of question and answers. I think it can be addressed either to Rav Shacht or to Rav Yudin on his previous presentation. Rav Pazansky. And with that was first, I'm just going to repeat the question for the uh, for after you ask. I'm going to repeat it just for the uh, video. Right. Okay. If you discuss the threshold of report, that the child should go to a therapist and make a length of termination, but even so, there's the amount of speculation that's left anyway. So, what point would you say the risks of Phil uh, Hashem will destroy the other person's life outweighs or doesn't? It's balancing the question is the threshold uh, balancing the need to deal with the issues of Shafir said versus uh, the issue of the damage to the person uh, who's being reported who's being uh, who's being spoken about where exactly you draw the line how do you balance the second, the second question relates to something which is strictly momentous actually I had a case here but if someone has a broken sidewalk which is a violation of the municipal statute but uh, the town won't do anything about it but a neighbor can report the neighbor and then the person will be fine it's just moments 
Second question was a being a moment of a monetary question. If somebody has, for example, a broken sidewalk where uh, the township won't really uh, do anything about it, uh, but the neighbor doesn't like it, is the neighbor permitted to uh, uh, to give that person over because the, per- the the township or the township the government will give the person a fine? The second issue, I would assume that all the people who live in a community have the status of shutzim. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch says that's why they have a right to force each other to build the shul and to build the mikveh, to hire a rabbi, to hire a chaz, and so on. Even though we were born in the community, we were, we were born into the community, we didn't sign a document to become shutzim here. But that's the assumption. Anyone who lives in a community is considered a shutzim, that they have an obligation, a shared obligation to take care of all the needs. So if someone has a broken sidewalk that bothers me, we're shooting and he's not taking care of it. It's considered a danger to me, it's considered a danger to all the people who live in, in the community. It doesn't have to be a sarconist and fascist. It's a danger, I may trip and I may break my leg, I may tear my trousers or whatever. So uh, the shutzim have a right to force each other to take care of the shutzim. So they should try to go to a dintarit, go to the local orthodox rabbi, and the rabbi should try to pressure this person to fix his... Uh, to fix his uh, sidewalk. If, if the rabbi sees that the fellow does not want to regulate it, you go to try to go to the interior. If he doesn't want to go to the interior, so you have no choice. So the rabbi has to give him permission to go to our courts. It's an issue of our courts. One is not permitted to go to secular court unless he has no other uh, way to win back the money. I would assume that that should be the din. And the first issue, that is a serious issue. But I would assume that the government knows this little child, this eight-year-old child is telling me a story. It could well be that he's having hallucinations. Or the teenager who's in college may also be having hallucinations. Hallucinations are not miyuchadavka for little children. There are adults also have hallucinations. So I would assume that uh, when one gives over the information to the government agencies who research these things, so you give over the information that this is a suffix. We're not sure exactly what happened. The child claims X, Y, Z. And we want the government uh, agency to research it. You have no prayer. You have, you have to research it. If the fellow will come out to be innocent, it's tough. So he'll be innocent and we'll assume that this is a hallucination. And, uh, and if the government will think that uh, they have Raglan Ladova to assume that this is really what happened, that it was some kind of a major act of abuse. So then uh, the fellow deserves to lose his position. The fellow deserves to be placed in that prison or whatever. I would assume so. You have no prayer. The Rabbanim, the Jewish community, doesn't have any uh, police authority. So we have no prayer. We have to go to, uh, to the secular government. I remember once I was sitting at a Sheva Brochus. So someone came over to me and said, yes, what would I do if I would hear that the uh, the mashkiach and the is starting up sexually abusing some of the students in the yeshiva. So I said, I would go to the police. What's the shaila? So he said, this fellow tells me he consulted many different rabbis. The only one who said that was Rabbi Gifta. Everybody else beat around the bush. I think Rabbi Gifta is right. You have no prayer. We don't have any police force. So we have to go to the, poli- to the government. Government has agencies to investigate these things and to ascertain what's going on. Is there a 
who is doing time which Torah would amend. And the question relates to a situation where something may be considered a crime uh, by the government, but would not be considered a crime by the Torah, or the punishment would differ uh, between what the Torah, what the halacha, the Shulchan Aruch would, would recommend, as opposed to what the government uh, would impose. Uh, at what point, uh, again, how does that factor into persons uh, contacting the police or the government? The Rishonim comment on the Gemara in Bob Metzia that uh, two of the Tanoim were policemen for the Roman government. And Eliyahu Navi appeared to them and he said that it's not a nice job for a nice Jewish boy to function as a policeman for the government. Why don't they say that it's Messiah? They say it's not really Messiah. If the person violated some criminal act, which according to the halacha is, is an Avera, I, according to our halacha, the punishment will be very light. In the secular government will give the death penalty and put it in prison for years and years. So the secular government has a right uh, to punish whatever they want and I can even help them, I can even function as a police for the Jewish criminals. The Gemara said these two Tanaim were policemen for the Jewish criminals, not for the non-Jewish criminals. The only condition is it has to be an Aver. If according to our books he didn't do an Aver, let's say he was participating in a demonstration to support Medina Sisro and the government considers that an Aver. So he didn't do any Aver, what do you mean? Unless, unless he's trespassing or something, unless he's uh, disturbing the peace, or something like that. But if he didn't do anything that's, uh, that's against the Allah at all, so then if I master him to the government, that's outright sincere. But if he did do some Avera, even though in our books the Onish would be much less, and by the, on the Goyesha books the Onish is more severe, so then the Goyesha government has a right to give whatever punishment they want, and I have a right to help them out. Sometimes you'll have a situation, unfortunately, we live in the Gebenz to America, but sometimes we'll have a situation where because he's Jewish, and that's where they'll punish him more than if he would have been non-Jewish. So then, uh, that's already not fair. So then he's going to be punished more than he deserves to be punished. He deserves to be punished. The same as any Nachri would have done the same out here. But if you know that there's uh, anti-Semitism mixed in with the, there probably will be, we can predict an event, there probably will be anti-Semitism mixed into the Psaq of the judge then you have a problem on the suit. So all this has to be considered in advance before a person masters someone to the government agencies. Yeah. Yeah, the Gemara says that uh, the Tanoim would masters him to the government and they would give the death penalty because by the Noach, they gave the death penalty for Geneva. By us, they don't deserve the death penalty for Geneva, but they did not hear of Geneva. And the government has a right to give, the Goyish government has a right to give whatever Oynish uh, they feel is uh, reasonable. Again, if a person violated one of the deeds of the Malchusa in business, in the area of business, and according to Allah, it would be the hepsa that he caused would be a grama, he would be potter. And in secular law, a grama benazikin is chayat. So what's the deed? Uh, so the Shulchan Aruch says that one is not one is not permitted to sue another Jew in secular court. You have to go take him to a dinter. 
Sometimes if I try to take him to the interior, he refuses to come, so the Bezdin will give me permission to go to secular court. This prohibition against going to secular court, it's not like eating chazer. It's not an absolute prohibition, like Shilu Shabbos or Rabbi or something. The issue is that you're the Jewish court system. We have Jewish courts, and you didn't go to the Jewish court. If you went to the Jewish court, and you couldn't get anywhere because the fellow, the other party, refuses to come. So then the Jewish court will authorize you to go to the secular court in order to retrieve the money that you're entitled to. Some Shulchan Archit says the Bezim will only authorize you to go to the secular court of the Akkad to retrieve the money, that, that amount of money that I would win if it would be a legitimate entire. If in a din third, the din is like Rambam and Ezekiel, Rambam and Ezekiel is Osir. The Gemara says he did in Aver, but Rambam and Ezekiel is Pasta. So then uh, the Bezim will not authorize him to go to the secular court to retrieve that money, because Alpi Din is not a time. If the both parties are Jewish, if one of the parties is not Jewish, so there's no din of our courts at all, there's no prohibition of our courts. I can certainly take him to secular court, and whatever the secular court will be, Machayev him. I have a right to collect. That's not a problem. A Jew can sue a non Jew in secular court, non Jew can sue a Jew. In secular court, there's no prohibition of our cause. Put him in jail too. Yeah, I don't know if you have to put him in jail. Okay, if that's, uh, that, that's the situation. Okay, who if? So and so violated some municipal or state law, yeah. and the punishment of the state is put you in jail. Are we permitted to turn him in? I'm not really gaining anything by the fact that he's going to be sitting in jail. The government wants to put these people in jail. So I think the Shukhanah considers that. The Goyishi government is looking for their missing man, whom they want to put in jail. So you're not supposed to help out in a situation of Aveda Sakum, unless it's a case of Kiddush Hashem Achil Hashem. So again, if the judge knows that I'm covering up, because all the Jews cover up on each other, so the Mechavah writes that that constitutes Achil Hashem. And, uh, and you, have to, you have to testify in court. I remember once I was sitting in my office for two minutes. I usually, I rarely sit in my office in Yeshiva. I put my hat and coat there and I give a shit. Then I come back, I take my hat and coat and I leave. Some on occasion the telephone rang. So I answer the telephone, so the fellow tells me his name is Judge McDonald or something, an absolutely non-Jewish name. He's a judge in Brooklyn and he wants to know is there a prohibition of Messira, exactly this description of this case. So I said, no. So there's no prohibition of Messira in such a case. So he says he read it in an essay that I published in the RJJ Journal, I think in the first or the second uh, edition. Uh, and he has a case in front of him. He just wanted to check to make sure that I still stick to that position. I said, yes. Sure. So he pressured the person to testify. Good. Because according to Jewish law, there's no permission on this here. The question uh, relates to Shekhar's comment earlier about somebody who's a public menace, a menace to society. Is there first an obligation to try and deal with that person uh, in other ways uh, before I guess, going to uh, government agencies? Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the ability to deal with it. If you have a Rebbe starting off with the boys, then we're going to drop him from this issue. He's going to go to Canada. Then they're going to drop him there after five years. He's going to go to Eretz Israel. going to drop him there go to South Africa. We don't have a system where we see to it that uh, all over the world the fellow shouldn't start up with anybody else. If you would have the ability to control his uh, being a menace in a peaceful fashion, we wouldn't be permitted to give him over to the government. We have no way to control. So, but it's rare. We have to give him over to the government agencies.
If if what will happen? If we'll put him in jail? He will be abused. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a real serious issue of Messiah. If in jail he'll suffer more than the deen and the Malchusa requires, that's a violation of Messiah. So then you have to figure out some other uh, approach to solving the problem. I think usually there's a derech klal. You have to ask people who know better than me. I think derech klal is the difference between a state prison and a federal prison. The federal prison is the glad kosher, the prisons. And the state prisons are where the, where the um, inmates uh, suffer more, more than the data the Malkusim requires. So that uh, you have a real problem. That's a real problem, I'm assuming. mentioned the, uh, the historically the exception of uh, of Shaftar of Yifter, uh, Rabbanan had not uh, uh, confronted this issue directly and dealt with it. And perhaps as a result of that, perhaps for other reasons, there's certainly been a preponderance of your journalistic uh, 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 handling of these issues, or there's also the phenomena of the internet bloggers, people, people taking uh, crusaders onto the, you know, onto themselves to dispose of that situation. I was wondering if you could provide a on that type of thing. And the question relates to people uh, publicizing these issues uh, since uh, it was Rav mentioned that many Rabbanim besides from the story they related to Gifter and he himself indicated that it should go to the police many Rabbanim have not uh, come forward and, and said that so people have taken it upon themselves to publicize through newspapers or through internet media and so on these issues in other ways uh, what's the permissibility of that kind of behavior? Uh, just a comment about uh, how come other Rabbanim don't take a stand. I don't think it's a machlekes. If you have a Shaila Basim B'cholam, most Rabbanim will not take a stand either because they don't know your day. If you have a Din Torah, most Rabbanim will not judge a Din Torah because they're not familiar with that part of Shulchanah. Most Rebbe's and Yeshivas, are, uh, they have the noses in the Gemara, they don't have their noses in the Shulchanah. So I, think, I don't think it's a machlekes. If the other rabbis would look in Shulchanah, they would do the same as Rebbe Gifzai. Look, if the thing is not taken care of, and, and I am convinced that it's absolutely true, so I have no choice. I have to start a crusade and, and save the public from this person who's uh, serving as a menace. You have to do something. The person who was harassing a certain shul, he was Jewish. And he was never, so no, no, we were talking about what could have been. Uh, this person himself violated certain zoning laws. Would it have been Muslim for some member of the shul to run the township if they didn't? Or would it have been Muslim just to get him to stop harassing the shul? Questions about somebody who's harassing somebody else, in this particular case, harassing people in the shul, uh, or harassing the shul itself. Would it be permissible to, in order to get this person off uh, the shul's back and off other people's back to go to the government about him, about something he's violating? I would think that certainly, yes. Why not? That's a Meitar Sarabim. That's exactly what it says in Shulchanah. One is Meitar Sarabim, so it's permissible to master him if necessary. A lot of times you don't have to actually master him, you just want him in advance. If you keep on giving us a hard time, we're going to report you to the government for your violation. So sometimes he'll stop. But if he doesn't have to say, he'll to stop. So you do want to master him to the government. Make an end to it. I would, I would think so. what do they do? Do they put him in jail? If you think that'll help. If somehow you think that'll help. Um, 
you have to have a certain sequel and different factors yeah. um, going for support for government. Um, is this, in case of abuse, okay, is this a sequel the individual should make, or is this something they should go to a rub or a basin about? And what happens in a case where you don't, you don't agree with the sequel that was made, you think it's some kind of cover-up or Uh, the question is, uh, Shafter spoke earlier, the person has to make a shikul weighing the different, uh, the positives and the negatives about going to the police. Uh, should a person make that uh, shikul, that weigh that uh, issue himself? Or should he consult uh, with Rabban and with others about making that decision? What if after having done so, he personally disagrees with the, uh, with the way that the uh, Rav or whoever was involved uh, advised him to behave? I would think it's always best to present all the shilas to some rabbi. You don't have to present it to the same rabbi that you would present your shilas in Hilchas Shabbos and Hilchas Kashas. Those are perhaps easier shilas. Maybe you should ask this to another rabbi who is more qualified to answer. But uh, maybe the Jewish community should set up uh, a system. We'll have uh, Botidinim working on these specifically on these type of shilas. Look, the Torah tells us that once the Rabbanim tell us a psaq, even if we think that it's uh, nonsense, even if I think that the psaq is not fair, I should submit myself to the psaq and follow it. So you should make sure in advance that you get a serious bezin. I think it has to be a bezin, a serious rabbi, a serious group of rabbis who will consider the issue and give a psaq on the case. Unfortunately, there are many cases where Rabbanim covered up. And it's not right. Those Rabbanim are not familiar with the Shulchan Aruch. You have to get Rabbanim who know what it says in Shulchan Aruch. So they won't be interested in covering up. Okay, yeah. Uh, what if I turn someone in because I thought they saw something? It turned out that, that I was incorrect. They were proven sentenced. Do I own the Zikin? Somebody turned somebody in because he felt that uh, this person was guilty of, a, uh, of something and uh, then later on the person is found innocent. Uh, what do you, having turned them in, owe this person? I think the assumption in Shulchan is that I have to pay more the hefzid that I could and that's called garbni, that's not groma. Everybody knows that a person has to defend himself, has to pay a lawyer, has to pay a lot of money to a lawyer. So that's assumed to be garbni. So then you would have to pay. If it turns out that he's innocent. And I was at fault for his uh, suffering at the moment. So one is Chayv Medina the Gamin. When would be the case? <coughs> when would be the case that you go directly to the police because someone um, allegedly someone has told you that he's abusing someone, and would, one would not consult first with Rabbi or a school psychologist? When would one? When would be a case that you consider him? The question is when, the, when would it uh, be proper for a person, I guess, to go directly to the police because he's convinced himself of what took place, uh, as opposed to going to a robber? When would it be okay to, to bypass the robber, I guess, and go uh, directly to the police? It's always a good idea to go ask a child in advance, but you have to make sure you ask a person who uh, is knowledgeable in this area. Maybe knowledgeable in the first use of the Mishnah. As Rabbi Tava said, this is all the way at the end of Rosh Hashanah. It's always a good idea to ask. Maybe there's another solution to the problem. Sure, Rabbi It's good. We should really have a committee to work on these things. We have, we have people in Chinuch who are just floating uh, from one place to the other to the other. 
and, and they're starting off with the children in every school that they go to and, and we never do anything about it That's, and it's a problem by the modern orthodox and by the Hasidish and by the Shivish everybody has the same problem so we have to do something about it so we really ought to have some uh, the Aguru was talking years ago about having a central uh, Besden to work on these things I haven't heard that they established in Besden maybe the modern orthodox high schools will establish such a Besden we have our own organization okay Question for Rabbi Yudin. You discussed the, the uh, opportunity on a Shabbos table to, you know, to open up a discussion or uh, another forum. Um, we saw from Asim uh, Pasha and other instances where Rashi says that the, uh, the emotion, you know, normally the, the girls go there. The mothers, the boys, the fathers. Is there a uh, level of appropriateness in which uh, a father or mother should be discussing certain topics with their children? And the question addressed by Yudin in his presentation uh, is it sometimes preferable for a father to deal with this issue or sometimes preferable for the mother to deal with this issue what is the uh, appropriateness I guess of, of uh, having one, one parent uh, deal with it perhaps more so than the other and I guess it also depends who's this, which child uh, what the nature of the child is <coughs> I don't think the uh there's some kind of a halacha that says, you know, let uh, the mother with the daughters. I think that depending on what's going on in that particular household, in terms of ability to communicate, in terms of appreciation, it's, it's, it's not a simple question that we can give a simple answer. Yeah, let the mommy sit down with the daughters and the father with the sons. No, not necessarily. Which whoever can be the one to communicate it. Look, we're talking about uh, communicating very basic values. Whichever can give it. If uh, I could see many reasons why, unfortunately, one or the other of the uh, parents are not capable of uh, of articulating some of these values. They might be living it. Uh, then uh, I don't see an issue as to which gender. And once again, I'm hoping that uh, this Huhoya Omer, this articulation, ideally can be done uh, in two ways, with the formal and the, the, the living lifestyle. Rob Schechter, um, is a Jewish person allowed to serve on a jury where the defendant is a Jew? The question is, is a Jewish person allowed to serve on a jury where the defendant is a Jew? If it's a criminal case, murder or something like that, so then he's submitted to Yeah. There's no prohibition. And the old nobody came to this town and he told them that it's not right that you're, uh, you're officially a policeman for the Roman government. It's not a nice thing. But jury duty, that's, uh, that's not kavod. He doesn't know he's serving jury duty. If you have a case where they're discussing a, a dini mominence issue between two parties and both parties are Jewish, then uh, they're not allowed to go to secular court and I'm not allowed to serve as a, as a jurist on that case I have to remove myself I have to say since both parties are Jewish and it's a case of mominence so I'm not allowed to participate in a psaq of the secular court what if they got permission to go? ok, if they got permission to go from a so then I am permitted to participate so to the extent that I have a right to award him that amount of money that he would have won in a, in a legitimate intent. Okay. What, what about the fact that generally 
the American law, whatever particular law, might disagree, usually disagree with itself. Uh, in the damages case, because it's not equal shares of both shares, the breach doesn't work out that way around. Questions: What if, in a, in a monetary case, the uh, secular law decision will not be in consonance with the Torah law decision? I think if I know in advance that the secular court will not pass in the same as what the dinatera is, and then the peasant will never give authorization in the first place that he should go to the secular court, because he's going to be winning more money than he's entitled to. That the both parties are Jewish. But if it's a criminal case, that I'm permitted to serve on a on a jury. is that in general we uh, codes of Tzvius uh, guide us not to display affection or love uh, with our spouses in any public forum uh, what about within the house uh, again certain I guess certain expressions of affection if it's being done uh, to show the children exactly what is permissible what's not permissible is that uh, uh, is that advisable I think it's more than advisable I think it's uh, very necessary. I think it's very healthy. I think it's very important for children to see, thank God, affection uh, between parents. It will only assist them, please God, in their marriage. I think there's, as long as it's it's done um, in a in a fashion that I think most uh, couples would be able to uh, judge themselves the particular level of appropriateness is certainly to be encouraged for children to see parents demonstrating affection one to another I think so I think it's very important Okay. once again on behalf of uh, everybody here I want to express uh, my own thanks to uh, Rabbi Yudin to Rabbi Shachter uh, for giving me their time and uh, really addressing uh, thought provoking issues which I think we'll probably have uh, more opportunities to think about in the future uh, and again uh, TorahWeb.org invites everyone to uh, click on to see eventually this evening's presentation other presentations and access to very Torah and other uh, Torah topics uh, thank you everybody for coming and there will be a minute for Mariv uh, just a moment or two. Thank you.